You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And of course, this week I have with me another very special guest. And this very special guest is behind the TV show Behind Her Faith. So let's get started with her introduction. Paula Bryant Ellis is a Los Angeles-based film director and producer. She is the CEO of Mary Esther Ruth Inc. and MER Productions. Through her company, Mary Esther Ruth Inc., she seeks to lead women into a more personal relationship with Christ. MER Inc. reaches women in the middle of their busy day through weekly podcasts, speaking events, prayer workshops, online resources, and the MER blog. Through MER Productions, Paula is focused on creating positive content that uplifts women and specifically women of color who are underrepresented in roles that encourage and empower. Her new TV series, Behind Her Faith, highlights the journey of four women, actresses Essence Atkins, Nisi Nash, Aisha Hines, and Angelica Nuindu, who is the founder and CEO of The Shade Room, and the power of their faith. The series can be streamed on Apple TV, Amazon, Roku, and UMC TV. Now listen, you guys, I really enjoyed watching this series and I really enjoyed talking to Paula. So be sure to check out Behind Her Faith wherever you stream TV, like I said before, Apple TV, Amazon, Roku. But you know what? Let's hear more from Paula on her journey and her story to Behind Her Faith. Let's welcome Paula to the podcast. Paula, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, happy to be here. Thank you. We are so happy to have you. Now, Paula, one of my favorite opening questions to ask my guest is to tell me a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. I never really thought of myself as fun, but um, probably about the most exciting thing about me, I love to play Sudoku. <laughs> and I play it in the middle of the night at one o'clock in the morning when my husband is asleep. <laughs> I love that because I remember the first time I tried to play Sudoku and numbers are not for me. Word searches, word puzzles, those are those are my zhuzh. <laughs> Talking about numbers did not work out for me. I couldn't quite get what was going on. So the fact that you love to play it at all hours of the night goes <laughs> to you. Yeah. I think it's good for the mind, like, um, you know, in the season that I'm in. We look for mind games to keep us fresh <laughs> and young. And so um, I started playing it, you know, actually I started playing it. I found the book in the airport. I used to travel a lot. 
and um, for my job. And so I found the book in the airport and then like fell in love with it. So I was always like playing it on the planes. And, and um, if I could sneak in a minute when no one was looking at my office, I would pull it out and play it because I, I do like how much it, it challenges your thinking. Definitely. I can definitely see that. And I can tell from the way you produce, from the way you show up in the community, your mind is definitely sharp. So it is working for you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Now, Paula, I really want to get into your journey and your story. And I want to start with, with really finding out how you came into the entertainment industry. Is this something that you always knew from a young age that this is where you wanted to go? Or was it a later on in life revelation? Oh my God, it was a call from God. I I have an accounting degree, um, an MBA, a business management degree. And God had always told me that when I turned 50, he was going to call me. He always told me that. I always knew it. Always knew it. Talked about it all the time that at 50, I knew I was going to be exiting corporate. And so I'd done really well in corporate finance. I had worked my way up. I started um, as a trainee in the management training program out of college. And I'd worked my way up to COO. And um, you know, four years into this promotion, that's a lifetime promotion that you're working for. Age 50 happened and God called me and I knew I had to leave. And he told me that he wouldn't tell me anything other than that, that it was time, that he was calling me. And um, not only was he calling me out of what I was doing, that he had a purpose for me. We also sold our home, packed up and moved to Los Angeles, California, all at the same time. So that's really what it was. It was me diving into what God had for me and not worrying about how it looked, but just wanting to make sure that I was tethered to him spiritually. And, um, and yeah, that's really how it started. And when I first got to LA, I took some time off. I had hadn't had time off since my child was born. And so I, kind of played a little bit. My son travels a lot for his job. So I was able to partake in that. I um, got to go to South Africa with him for a month. Um, he was doing some work in Atlanta for a month. I got to go hang out with him. And and that was just great because it just gave me a chance coming out of that craziness of the schedule that I had in corporate America to just almost decompress. And what I was doing in that time was just really spending so much time in worship with God and just wanting to work on my intimacy with Him. I've never been a big religious person. Um, I think in my early years I was religious because I didn't know any different and, and no one really ever talked about the difference between that there you can be in a place that you could have this real intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so um, I was really just working on that place. I knew it existed and I wanted to be there as he was guiding me. I didn't want to miss what he was saying to me. So I spent a lot of time just worshiping. And then as I started feeling him pulling me in this direction, I went back to school. And, um, you know, because it was great to have been in the corporate career and, and I felt like I'd done well there. But, you know, now I was moving towards a whole nother industry that I didn't know anything about. I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know the terminology. I didn't understand how distribution work. I didn't understand behind the camera. I didn't understand any of it other than when I watched television, I watched it to decompress. I just, you know, 
my, my week was so intense. When I sat in front of the TV, I just wanted a movie that I didn't have to think, do any real thinking. And so, um, now I'm, I'm, now I'm in this journey where I'm back in school. Right. And, um, taking classes on producing. I took a producing program, finished that. Then I took a directing program and finished that. I went to New York Film Academy as well as I went to UCLA. And then that, that was really the start of the journey of one, one night in the middle of the night, God woke me up. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And I went in my prayer room and I had this huge notepad, the big um, post-it notes that you put on the wall. And um, he just started to pour into me everything that he had for me. He told me he wanted me to establish a production company. And he told me that he wanted me to teach other women about having intimacy with me, that this is where he was guiding me. He told me he wanted me to do uh, series and docu, uh, docu-series and podcasts and all of those things. And he just, he just, and I wrote that vision, you know, the word says, write it out, make it plain. I still have that sticky page on my wall, write it out and make it plain. And um, so that was really how I got to the season that I'm in because life is about seasons. And one of the biggest things that we do as believers is we overstay in a season because it feels good. It would have been easy to overstay in the season of finance because I had done well, because I was making unbelievable money. I, I got married at 18 and nine, my husband, I was 19. My husband was 18. We were babies, right? And 40 years later, we're still in this marriage. And so it would have been easy to overstay in that season. But God said that season was up and that I needed to trust him in that journey. And that's really what, what I've been doing since he has moved me, moved me here. Yeah. Wow. What I love about your journey is that it is evidence to, to everyone who is listening to this that because God has set you on a particular path that you may think is your purpose for the rest of your life, God can easily come by and say, that is enough of that. You've done what you needed to do in this area and it's time to move on. And when you were speaking and you said, you know, God just told you to leave. There was nothing out, no further instructions, but you acted out on your faith and you said, well, Lord, if you said to leave, I'm going to leave. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to leave. And then he switched you into a path that probably from the sounds of it was not in your line of sight as something you were going to do. Um, I, I, I just heard you say that when you used to watch TV, it was to decompress. And that's the season I'm in right now because as, as a lawyer working a very demanding job dealing with very vulnerable people all of the time, when I come home and I turn on the TV, I'm just like, all right, something I don't need to think about. And I completely understand that. But then that is also even demonstrating in my life that although I can be in the season right now, when God says it's time to uh, flip the switch, (laughs) it's time to go. So that's an amazing journey. I think it's so important. um, And in this season, right? Because he's always prompted me when to make a change. I was a mother at 19 and at age 24, he told me it was time to go back to college. And um, I remember I asked him, what did you want me to major in? And he told me, he said, just like I'm talking to you, this is like how my conversations go with him. He says, I, it doesn't matter. He says, I'm going to use it. I just need you to do this. And 
I was like, okay, well, I'm going to major in accounting because I understood that if I could understand how a company makes money, I could go to any company, right? It's just widget counting. If I can understand that process, every company has an accounting department. So if I can understand this, I could always go anywhere. That was, that was, that was it. That was how I made the decision to major in accounting. It was strictly, that was the conversation. I'm going to go do this. And, um, and so when I got out of uh, college, when I graduated, I um, got hired into this management training program right out of college for this company that I ended up working my way up. And the company only recruited from like Ivy League and Division One schools. And so I'm sitting in here and it's, they're all snobby. Of course, I'm the only black. <laughs> they're all Caucasian and they were all snobby. They were dropping hints about their Harvard, their Yales, and their Columbia's and, you know, snubbing. And, I, and they looked around and they were like, where did you go to school? And I was like, Concordia, you... Concordia Lutheran University and everybody's head snapped around like, where is that? <laughs> but it didn't matter. It had nothing to do with me. That was God saying, look at you, you're sitting in this room and they want to know how you got there. You got there because I qualified you. I put you there. Right. And so, you know, when, if you're willing to do what he says, when he does, when he says it, when he says it, Because we get in trouble, delayed obedience is not obedience. And so you've missed the window of opportunity. So you have to be willing to do it when he says to do it. And so I knew he was calling me for a reason. And and it's so interesting when I look back now, uh, you know, being um, age 50 and my husband and I making this major change, if we had waited even six months, I don't think we would have done it. We had to be obedient in that moment, in that moment. Because in that moment when he said, do it, he was lining up all the provisions for us along the way. And provisions are not just about finance, but provisions are about networking. It's about even living in the right house, um, um, meeting the right people, Everything, the provision is lined up as he's making your crooked path straight. The vision, the provision is lined up. Even now, right, as I'm entering this um, entertainment space, look at what's happening. This whole shift of where are women in the entertainment space? And not just where are women, where are women of color? And, and where are they? Are they creators of shows? Are they getting opportunities to direct? Are they getting better producing opportunities? All of that's happening. But if I would have waited, I would have missed the entry because really, to be honest, that door's already closed. And that's the thing about it. The door doesn't stay open very long. You already got to be in it when the shift happens or you miss the opportunity. And so, you know, I try to encourage so many women that being obedient. If you look back, the name of my production company is Mary Esther Ruth. And that was my purpose because we are still living today in the obedience of what they set for. That's how powerful obedience is. We are living out today the obedience of Mary, Esther, and Ruth. Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus. There'd be no Jesus if she hadn't been obedient. There'd be no Mary, there'd be no Jesus' mother if she, when God said, when the angel came to her and said, you know what? (laughs) God wants to impregnate you. (laughs) Do it. I'm down for it. She didn't say, oh my God, I don't know. I mean, you know, she said, let's do it. 
Esther said, you know what? I may be called for a time such as this. If I perish, I perish. And that's how we have to think about who we are. We're here on on an assignment. It's not about an earthly assignment. It's about a kingdom assignment. And we need to connect ourselves. We need to tether ourselves to the assignment of the kingdom because that's where all the provisions are. And so, you know, um, God has just made this unbelievable way. It doesn't mean that it's easy doesn't mean that it's perfect, but what it means is he's with you. I love that. God is definitely with you and you are right. Too many times we delay our obedience thinking that, you know, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to do it later. But like you said, the window of opportunity can easily be gone at that time. And one of the things that I noticed just from talking to other women, from life coaching and business coaching, is that women, us as women, tend to get stuck in a certain season. And we stay there, usually out of, in my opinion, we get comfortable. What are some of the reasons that you see why women stay, overstay in their season? Well, you got to think about the work it took to get to the season, Mm -hmm. right? The work it took to get to COO as a black woman in Oklahoma. Like, <laughs> need I say more? <laughs> I worked with all white men, all white men. <laughs> and, they, and then it's like they looked up one day and I'm like, how'd you get up in here? I'm here now. <laughs> Too late now. No matter how. <laughs> you got to think about the work that goes into getting to those seasons and getting to the levels that we strive. And then when we get there, we can't we lose somewhere along the way, we become um, um, just almost complacent in a way because we get comfortable. We go, oh, this is it. I've made it. Or there's nothing else for me. I'm too old. I mean, so many people are like, why would you leave now in the height of your career um, of what you worked so hard for? Why would you leave now? Because I was like, wow, if God did this, and I said, this isn't my purpose anymore. That was my purpose in that season. That season has passed. So if he was willing to do that in that season, what is he willing to do now? I want to, I want to test him. I want to call him at his word. I want to bring his word into remembrance. I want to remind him that he called me out of that career and that purpose to do this thing. Right. And so if he was willing to do that for me, then what is he willing to do now? And so many of us are afraid to think about it that way because what did it require? What did I say? I had to go back to school. I was sitting in school and all these little 20-year-olds were like, what are you doing up in here? And I'm like, I'm getting mine. I'm here for a purpose. What are you? You're kind of here to play around on your mom and dad's money. I'm here for a purpose because I already know what this is like, right? And so if, if, if you have to start over like that, a lot of people don't want to do that. That's hard, you know, to sell the home, the dream home that we had bought um, and start all over. That's a, that's, that's a lot to not know what California holds for us. That's a lot. Not only am I leaving my career, I'm going to a brand new state and a brand new city in an industry I know nothing about. And I've got to start from scratch and it's humbling. I used to be in a position where, 
if I sent an email or made a phone call, people responded to me. I had access to, you know, those six degrees of separation. I was like one degree of separation. If you got an email from me or a phone call from me, people returned my email, returned my phone call. I get here and I can't even get somebody to return my, I was like, I was a fat, like, what? <laughs> hey, you're not returned my, what is this, you know? And I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, you are humbling me. You're humbling me for a purpose. I don't want to. One of the things that are highlighting this conversation is your confidence in what God has told you to do. And I believe that, like you said, that confidence came from your intimate relationship with him, from being able to talk to him, just like you said, like we're having this conversation right now. What are some tips that you have for anybody listening right now on how they can build their intimate relationship with God? Uh, I tell everybody, I got the secret sauce. And they say, what is it? And I say, time. He wants your time. It's the one thing you don't want to give him. And it's the one thing he demands. It's your time. People don't want to give God their time. They want God to perform for them, but they don't want to give God their time. They say, oh, well, well when do you get up and pray? Five o'clock in the morning. Oh, girl, I can't get up that early. Ooh, child, I'm not an early bird. I know, I can tell. I can tell by the things that you ask me because you're always coming to me asking me to pray for you because if you have that intimate relationship with him, you're going to him. If you have a direct line to somebody, you're not going to come to me and say, hey, can, uh, would you get a message to so-and-so? Because you already have, would you get a, I'm going to use Barack since I've got his shirt on. Would you get a message to Barack Obama? If you have Barack's cell phone number, would you come to me? No, you'd pick up Barack yourself. But that's what we do because we don't want to give um, God our time. And our time is actually the most precious thing to him because there's nothing that we could do for God. There's nothing that we have. And there's nothing that you can offer God. The only thing that you have that you can offer him is your time. And it's the one thing that people always make an excuse for. If you want to have intimacy with him, it requires time. It requires time in prayer. It requires time in study. It requires time in just sitting. When does God, I always say, when does God counsel you? You go into your prayer room, your prayer closet, your prayer mood, or your prayer mode, and you've got a list of things that you want to give him that you need, right? But that's one way of communication and you shouldn't always want to enter in with what you need. How about you say, what do you have for me? What can I do for you today, Holy Spirit? What do you have for me? What do you want to pour into me? What do you want to share with me? What's the strategy for today? How do I fight this uncircumcised giant that's trying to come up against me? How do I send this email? How can I get someone to return my phone call? Who am I supposed to war for and pray for today? Instead of us always entering in with our agenda, we have to open our hearts and say, this time is God's time. And if this, if this time belongs to God, then God needs to do the talking to me. Because there's nothing that I can say to God that he, he says, I, before I formed the world, I knew you. So there's nothing that I can say to him that's a surprise. But what is it? that he has to say to me. God definitely uses his time to commune with us. And you're right. Time is the one thing no one wants to give up. We will pray for more time left, right, and center. We need more time. We need more this, but we never want to give it up. And one of the things that even being and living through a pandemic has shown me, has given me really, is an abundance of time. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel, or I learned that in my abundance of time that I was praying to God for more time to do this and all the things he's called me to do, some of the work was still not getting done. So not only was it not that I needed more time, but consistency and obedience and dedication was so important. But that's also what happens when it comes to your time with God. You have to be consistent. It's not a one Sunday check-in or once a month checking, you you got to go to God for yourself. And I love how you put it. You said, why would I go through somebody else to get Barack Obama's number? If I got his number, I'm just going to call him and ask him for what I would. But I feel as, especially as Christian people, we're so quick to look for somebody else's line that we forget that he has given us free reign to talk to him whenever. We're so quick to run to a pastor or prophet When God can give you a prophetic word, he can give you prophetic instruction. He can give you, nobody needs to lay hands on you for you to be delivered. You can be delivered right there on your dining room floor if needs be. That's the openness that God has for us. So learning how to be more intimate and giving up your most valuable asset, which is your time, is so important. That's right. That's right. And it's so funny. God doesn't need to speak it. You know, when people come to me and they say, oh, God told me, I'm always very careful about who I let speaking to me. And I'm also very careful about my circle. And so when someone comes to me and says, oh, God told me, I'm like, well, he didn't tell me that. (laughs) I know I have a direct line with him and I know how he communicates with me. Right. That's the other thing. Like, you know, my son knows when I say something, he'll tell you, my mom didn't say that. Cause if my mom had said it, she would have said it like this. <laughs> she would have said it so direct. It would have just knocked you. Like my mom is not going to sugarcoat something. Like, so I know my mom didn't say that. And it's true. Right. And that's how it is with God. We're always trying to, to, to look to somebody else to validate us. And so many times we're always trying to tell people what God said about them when we don't even know what God said about us. Why are you worried about what God said about me when you haven't even spent enough time with him to know what he said about you, right? And so it's so important for us to sit in that private space with him. You know, a lot of times when I go in my prayer room, I just go in there and I I take a cup of coffee and I just sit and I say, you know what? I'm just sitting. What do you, do you want me to study? Do you want me to praise you? Do you want me to war for somebody? Do you want me to just sit here? Do you want me to read the Bible? What, what is, do you want me to listen to a certain, what, how do you want to talk to me today? And, and I'm telling you every single time, he just guides me through it. And we have to understand that's how he communicates to us. When you're in that scripture, you're engaging him. God doesn't just give you a message for you to hear and do nothing with. He gives you a message because he wants you to reconcile it in you. And then you're going to push that thing out for others. But, and so when you get the message and you take it in, right, and you reconcile it with yourself, then you're in, when you're reconciling that thing, you're engaging God. And, and, and the message may be, I have something for you. And you say, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't even know what it is that he's trying to get to me, but I know it's through his riches and glory. I know there's absolutely nothing impossible that my God can't do. I know that if I ask, I'll receive. If I seek, I find. And if I knock, the door would be open unto me. I know these things. I know that I move by faith and not by sight. You got to start telling yourself that and you engage God. Like, cause you know, God wants to hear his word. He's not interested in hearing our word. He wants to know if you know his word. And so his word 
is prepared to speak back to him. It's why he tells us his word. You go back and look. He says, my word does not return to me, to me void. It might return to you void, but it can't return to me void. So the only way God's word can't return void to him, he says, my word, my word comes down. It waters the earth, right? And it's like rain and snow and it waters the earth. It re- refreshes it and it replenishes it, but there still has to be a return trip for the word. And he's waiting for you to acknowledge the return trip of the word, send that word back. Because when the word meets up with God, there's fire. And that's that fire that rains down. It's that fire that comes down and make a way for you. It's the fire that makes the crooked path straight. He said, In Exodus, it says the fire, it was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And guess what? The cloud was always in front of them. The fire was always in front of them, leading them. When the fire came down on the apostles in the upper room, it came down on them. Guess what? It was leading them. It was always going to be the thing that they needed to rely on to lead them. You've got to engage God in your life. And there's only one way to do it. And I'm telling you, it's time. You have to sacrifice the time. It's a sacrifice. Jesus' sacrifice, we're expected to sacrifice. And our sacrifice, we only have one thing that we can give him other than our life, and that's our time. And it is such a worthwhile sacrifice to make. Yeah. Because the difference that 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 having that time with God in your life makes it is so much. There's such a great difference. I know when I'm talking with God and he gives me um, and he's talking to me and he says certain things are going to happen. And to me, in my natural eyes, I can't see how it's going to happen. I, I mean, just the other day I said something came up and I said, Lord, you said this was going to happen. So I'm really intrigued to see how you're going to do this. I'm so intrigued and excited because I can't see an earthly way. So I know it's, I'm about to experience a miracle and I'm excited. You're not supposed to see it in your eyes. If you could solve, if you could see it, you could solve it. Mm. Right. God says he's God. He, he's, he says that so many times in the Bible. I am God. When I'm through with Pharaoh, I'm going to have my glory. I am God. He's going to know who I am. I'm going to bring all these plagues down on him. And when I'm done, they're going to know that I am. What have you given God in your life that you know he's Lord God? If you were savage, he's not God. If you can make a way, he's not God. You have to give God the opportunity to flex for you. You have to give God the opportunity to provide something where there's a way, where there's absolutely no way that you can see it or else he can't be God mm-hmm. in your life. That is so, 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 so true. And now that we're talking about on the topic of building an intimate relationship, let's talk about the prayer box for yeah. a bit. <laughs> I think this is a perfect time. Tell us about the prayer box. I actually, it's funny. I have one sitting right here because I shoot my podcast from here. Prayer box. The prayer box came about um, because we have two sizes. We have this size, which is $24.99. And then we have this size, the giant size, which has a prayer pillow and all kinds of stuff. And I think that one's $130, I think. Um But the prayer box came about because of this exact conversation. I was having a conversation with the Holy Spirit, and I was asking him. He told me, given me the assignment. I understand what my assignment is in this season, and my assignment is to teach 
about having an intimate relationship with God. And I said, well, how am I supposed to do that? And he said, I want you to, to use the things that you've been doing along the way. And I was like, well, what things, you know? And then as I was just like sitting there talking to him, he began to show me like all the things that I have been doing in my life that I didn't even know that I was doing how and how it kept moving me closer and closer and closer to him. So that was how the prayer box came about. And those were the things that I incorporated in it. And so in the prayer box, what I did was I wrote um, a workbook and the workbook is meant to teach you about an intimate relationship with God and what it's like to spend time with him and why it's important. And then there's a 30-day exercise to start you getting in the habit, right? Because consistency that we talk about, it comes from habit. And so you that, that's just a starting part. And you just have to start with consistently showing up, consistently setting your clock. I have an appointment on my calendar. Every morning, you have to consistently show up for God the same way and um, you would for work. And I like to use the analogy that if my boss had put um, an appointment on my calendar, I would show up. Like, it'd be like, okay, he wants to meet. What does he want to meet about? And then I would prep, right? I would, you know, does he want to talk about finances? Does he want to talk about whatever, legal issues? What, what is it that he wants to talk about? Does he want to talk about this, uh, you know, new system that we're onboarding? What is it that he wants to talk about? And then I would prep for it. And then the next day I would be ready, right? And I wouldn't have an attitude. It, and it didn't matter what time he put on my calendar. I'd show up, I'd smile and I would be ready. And that's the way we have to respond to God. And so this book starts you on that journey and that exercise. And then we give you uh, an extra journal for journaling. And the reason why was journaling was so important and still is um, in my journey with God, because at times when I found it difficult to pray, I would write. And then I would read my, um, I would read my letters and they were like love letters to God. And I would read them. I still have all my journals and I would read those back. Once I would write them out, I would read them out loud and read them back. And then the other thing that I teach about journaling is um, we include in here two pens, red pen and a black pen. When you're studying or you're just writing, you write in the black pen. But when you've been inspired by the Holy Spirit, write it down in red. And the reason why you write it down in red is so that you can always see it. and You can always call him on it, that you can bring his word back into remembrance to you. This is what you told me to do, and this is how I've done it. And if you want me to continue to do this thing, you need to let me know because I'm doing it and I may not be getting results or I'm doing it and I see you, but this is what you gave me. And so I love that as I'm going through my, my journal, I can identify the red immediately. And I know that that's something that I can hold the Holy Spirit accountable to. Then you get um, communion is in the box. Communion is such an important part of my life. I literally take communion every day. My husband and I take it together every single day. And when I understood the power of communion and what it really meant, and the intimacy and the relationship that it opens up, it takes your whole relationship with Christ to a whole nother level. But because before you take it, you're constantly re-examining where you are in your intimacy. And it, it, I take it and my husband and I take it and we pray for alignment, alignment as believers, alignment as husband and wife, alignment as a family, alignment as a couple to be under that covering you know, and so it's so important for us. And so we take it every day. Um, and it's just changed 
so much about my journey with Christ. Um, you get a little uh, pad in here. It says the things I need the Holy Spirit to solve. I love to write down, like when you're struggling with something, write it down, get it out your head, let the Holy Spirit deal with it. It's his, it's his responsibility. <laughs> um, and then we have, we have some Kleenex in here for you because we need it. And then we just have some other stuff. We talked a little bit about our show, Behind Her Faith, the series that we did. And then we have like how you can reorder your communion and stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's how it came about. Mind you, before COVID, I was actually doing workshops on the prayer box. If you get the big one, it actually has like a door hanger on it for a prayer room. It has the pillow and it has a couple other things that the smaller box doesn't have. But before COVID, I was doing workshops, prayer workshops. And then since COVID, I haven't done them. Um, I was, uh, part of that was because of the show. The other part of that was because of COVID. And I need to get the uh, workshops that going. But yeah, that's really how it came about. That is, I think, such a great way to inspire those of you who are looking to build up your intimate relationship. I'll put the link in the show notes. Definitely go and check out the prayer box and buy it. If it, it, it sounds like it will help you. I know I will order mine just to get in the habit, more of the habit of spending time with God, spending time with God, communing with him, being there for conversation and not always being the talker, being the listener, having your ears open and say, you know what, Lord, I'm here. I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm here. Let me know. I got a pen and some paper and a journal and I'm ready to go. So I think that it is so important. Definitely go to the link in the show notes to find out more about the prayer box. And thank you for sharing with us about the prayer box. Another another amazing thing that you have going on is behind her faith. Yeah. What inspired you to uh, just produce this series and put these women on a platform where they can sh- uh, share their stories? I um, A lot of it came out of part of this conversation. And as I was I just finished the boxes and I was asking the Holy Spirit, how do I, because so many people are visual, right? How do I show what it's like to have an intimate relationship? It's like, we don't, we don't talk about it. You know, we go to church, one person gets up on stage, tells us what God told him to tell us. And then we all go home, right? That's it. There's no conversation. And um, so I was just sitting at my desk working one day and I was asking the Holy Spirit. I said, I need to be able to show, I need to be able to demonstrate what it's like to have a relationship with you. And so he said, literally, he said, okay, write this down. I started writing down. I just took these notes. And immediately I turned to my uh, computer and I started writing up a pitch deck to be able to go out and pitch it to networks. And it was so amazing because in showcasing these women, it's not about trying to showcase women that have, have it all perfect, right? Because none of us are perfect. It's I wanted women, prayed about women coming on the show, that they would be transparent enough to let us see some of the things that they've experienced and how God and, and their relationship with God was part of that. Because you never, we love to judge people, but you never know what someone has endured and then what that thing has done to them internally, right? 
We all have warfare going on. We all have some demon that we are trying to slay, right? That's the whole story behind Goliath is that we all have an uncircumcised giant trying to rise up against us. But if you know, if you go back and read the story of David, David never acknowledged um, Goliath as a champion or a giant. Only the storyteller did. David said, why is this uncircumcised Philistine trying to come up against the armies of God? He didn't, he didn't acknowledge him as being the giant in his life. He gave no energy to that thing to be the giant in his life. He said, listen, I slayed a lion and a bear and I know how to do it. And what I did was when I slayed them, I went over and I snatched my sheep out of their mouth. And I'm and that's how I see you. I don't see you any different than this lion and this bear. And so we asked these women to sit down and share some of their lion and bear stories, right? And that's what they were willing to do. And they were they were willing to be very transparent on a lot of things. If you listen to Angelica's story, who is the founder of the uh, Shade Room, and you know, if you look at some of the comments that people make about her online, but what you don't know is her story. You don't know that her father murdered her mother while her and her sister slept in the bed next door, and that her father was a preacher. You don't know that. You don't know that she was molested. You don't know those things. Right. And what does that she said, I had to find a mother and a father. I lost them both. Then. And what that journey looked like. I started overeating. I started indulging in sex. I started hanging out and drinking and doing drugs. You don't you don't know what that journey is like for someone and that demon. Right. And that giant that they're trying to slay. You know, Essence talks about going through a divorce, you know, that was the thing she never, she never imagined she would be divorced and how that thing has affected her and her, even her childhood. You know, she talks about, I didn't have that family growing up. And so I always wanted that family. And when I got that family, I never thought that would be the thing that I would have to walk away from. But not only am I divorced, I had to leave that marriage because it was not good for my spirit and what that did to her. And her encounter with God while she's alone, sitting in an apartment. You don't know what that's like. You don't know what it's like to be, you know, um, Aisha Hines, who shot in the back at 16 and left in the middle of the street for dead. And still to this day, it's never even been real. You don't know what that's like. You don't know the traumas that they'll have on someone, the residue that's left over that you're constantly trying to fight. And so in doing that, that's what we really wanted to do. We wanted to shit. We wanted to say we kind of wanted to shatter the myth, right? These women, every time you see them, they're on the red carpet. They look perfect. Their hair is done. Their nails are done. They got on the best dresses, the best shape. They're tucked and plucked. And you're like, I'm never going to look like that. And then you hear their stories. And you go, wow, this is what it took to get there. And all along the way, they're loving on God. And they could tell you I was angry with God. I was loving on God. But I knew it was God all along the scene. And that's what we were trying to do. And that is what you definitely did. (laughs) (laughs) You were trying and you succeeded. Can you let our listeners know where they can listen to and watch Behind Her Faith podcast? Absolutely. Um, You can find it. It's streaming on Amazon. It's on Apple. And it is on Roku. And then it is also on UMC.TV, which is an AMC uh, network. Um, All four episodes are up behind her faith. We'd love it if you go out and watch it and support. Go out and make comments. Um, Because those comments matter. When you are out trying to create content like this, 
and you're walking into a mainstream network and saying, I want to put the kingdom on TV. That's a whole nother level of warfare. I won't even, I won't even tell you what that was like, but you're walking into, you got to think about that. I walked into a mainstream platform and said, I will, I want to put the kingdom, not, not some Christmas Santa Claus movie. I want to put the kingdom. I want people to see what it's like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to put on your mainstream platform. And so we need the support. We need for people to make, it's important to make the comments. Every time you watch something, which you don't realize is every time you hit play, every time you stream something, every time you turn to a channel, you're voting. Voting matters. You are voting. And the way that's interpreted by the network is, oh, not only do you want to see this content, but then you want to see more content like it. And so we need you to go out and we need you to stream and we need you to vote and we need you to support Behind Your Faith. I love it. Definitely, you guys listening, I will put every single link that I can find down in the show notes for you to go and watch, stream, share, comment, love on, tell people about, because this is so important. What Paula is doing by allowing the world to see what having a relationship with God is like having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and something that's not just on a TBN or the word network is life changing for so many people because a lot of people won't even get to those channels, won't even turn it on. But when you're strolling, uh, scrolling through, let's say, an Apple TV and something just catches your eye, you might sit there and watch, and we don't know the amount of lives that have been impact or impacted or will be impacted because of this. So definitely support, share, 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 vote, watch, stream, everything, yeah. so that we can support this part, this expansion of the kingdom, because this is what is so important. And we always hear speakers going on about what's going on on the TV and how we're being represented in a negative light. This is positive representation. Most importantly, this is positive representation of Christians, of women, and Black women. How, how, How many times do you get that in one show? Right. In one show. Right. So... Paula, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I am completely honored that you spent your time here this afternoon for you um, with the Pray Plan Slate podcast. We are so excited just to see how God takes Mary Esther Ruth to the next level and what else he talks to you about doing in your intimate time and how this can go forth and impact the world. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me and allowing me to share about the box and the show and about my love for, for Christ. I, um, I can't express how much I am a believer of what he will do in your life if you allow him to. And, and um, there's just, when I tell you that there's just this place of intimacy in him that you can't, you can't ever imagine. But I can tell you there's only one way there. There's only one way. And that is his time, you know, and I'll let you go after this, but I just have to share. Remember, if you go back to Exodus, the people got into trouble because Moses was spending what? So much time with God on the mountain. They're like, he's up there again with his God. (laughs) Let's go over here and make this bull, this go bull and this calf and get in trouble because he's up there again with his God. 
when you saw when you saw uh, Jesus, what was he? Doing? He was always finding. He was up and praying. He was always finding that time before he did anything to spend time with God, and that is what he wants. That's where you get his secret sauce. That's where you get. Uh, that kingdom information. That's where you find out what those provisions are. That's what you find out what the strategies are um, of the kingdom is it comes with sitting with him, being open and let him pour into you, being consistent in that. So I just can't say it enough because my life is a testament of what it's like to spend that time with him. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean everything works out perfectly. Doesn't mean you don't encounter some warfare. On the contrary, you're going to really encounter some warfare when you start spending time with him. You're going to be like, where did that come from? That's because you're spending time with him. But that's also confirmation you're in the right place. So um, I'm just, I'll be praying for you and your podcast and what you're doing and encouraging women um, because it's important. I'm not the only champion out here. You're a champion as well. And God uses all of us in different ways. And the thing that we have to be consistent on is letting everyone know, men and women, black and white, that there's only one way to get to what you want, and that's time. Thank you so much, Paula. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate this. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.